Yes, Lord. If you can, stand for the reading of God's word, Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when our enemies attacked us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. As the Holy Spirit will guide on this morning, I like to share from the thought, looking back to move forward. Looking back to move forward. Let us pray. God, hide me behind your cross. So that as you use me as a vessel, your folk don't see me, but they see you. Hide me behind the cross, O oh God, so that as my stammering tongue is being used by you, they don't hear my word, they hear your word. God, take my life now and empty it out that you might feel it, that not only can I preach or will you allow me to preach a sermon that is good, but one that will do some good? So, God, I surrender now to your awesome power, to your Holy Spirit. Let the words of my mouth, but the meditation of all our hearts, be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our holy redeemer. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You have either witnessed it or you are guilty of it. During the rush hour of traffic, somewhere to your left or to your right, there she is, using her rearview mirror to place her morning makeup. Well, before y'all get all hysterical, I, I think I have a, a, a theory as to why you guys, you ladies, do this. It's a history that may have happened. 
Her name, I believe, is uh, Dorothy Levitt. In 1909, she wrote a book, The Woman and the Car. In that book, she noted that women should carry a small hand mirror nearby so that you can use it to see who's behind you. Now, when you read it, you would think, okay, she invented the rearview mirror. No, she invented women use it for makeup because the mirror was on the dashboard in 1906 and it originally started on a horse carriage in 1904. And so I believe that Dorothy was given a code to show women you can use their rear view mirror to fix your face. Because the rear view mirror ladies was not invented for that purpose. It was placed where it's positioned on the car so that you and I could look in it to see what's behind us, who might be coming around us, or if we look back, it does something else. It allows you to see what you passed, who you left behind, and what you come through. And, and, and if you don't mind, I just want to go this route. I believe the psalmist is looking through the rearview mirror of his life. And as he's looking in the mirror kingdom, he comes to a revelation. If it was not for the Lord on our side. And, and, and a psalm is a hymn. And so he must be leading praise and worship because when he said it, nobody said anything. And so before he would repeat it again, he says, let Israel now say it. And in, in other words, let the church say, let the redeemed say so. He was trying to call the church into praise and worship. And, and, when, he, and when he finally got their attention, he said, now. Let the church say, if it had not been the Lord on our side, that, that, that at this point he, he, he believes that now the, the, the congregation should be in it they, because there are some catchphrases for praise, that the congregation should be, uh, that your spiritual reflex should cascade you into worship when you hear it. When you hear things like, if it had not been for the Lord, on my side. You should, you should move from a stiff position to a raise your hand. I know that's right, Reverend. When you say, when I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, not the pastor, but the church should say, hallelujah. When you look back over your life and you think about where the Lord has brought you from, there are some catchphrases that should catch your spirit that you should just go ahead and begin to worship. And so as he's leading worship, he noticed only a few people joined him. He said, just like church folk, now you got to explain why they need to know the importance of the Lord. And that's what he does. He says, he says, when the enemy 
could have, when the enemy attacked us, he could have swallowed us alive, but if it had not been. So the people still sitting there looking at them, looking at him like y'all looking at me. Because the first thing is they don't understand enemies. So, so let, me, let me introduce you to your enemy. Now, when I finish, you may have been calling him or her a friend uh, or a gift or blessing, but it might be your enemy. Come on in here. Uh, now, that, now, now, Larry, they said that the psalm really has no historical connection. But it does have an author named David. And, and David knows something about enemies. And David's enemies are, are, are different. And I suggest that David had three enemies. One who was an enemy and didn't know it. And two who decided to be his enemy. The first enemy was his father, Jesse. His daddy was his enemy because when Samuel came to anoint, one of the boys, remember Jesse, had put David under the bench. That, that Samuel, after he went through all the children, Jesse wasn't even going to present David. So Samuel had to ask Jesse, is there another? Because sometimes, uh, uh, because Jesse was getting ready to block the anointing that God had for his son, enemy. Then there's Saul, who he played the music for to soothe his loving soul. But when David started fighting giants, Saul got jealous. And instead of being the boss to try to promote the one, his understudy, to bring him up, he becomes an enemy and tries to kill him. Tries to stop what God has anointed. Y'all come on in here. Then there's Absalom, David's third son. The boy he raised, fed him. When David came into his kingdom, kingdom, Absalom, his son, tried to undermine his father's leadership and steal his kingdom from beneath his nose. A father, a boss, a son that you might call an ally was David's enemy. Y'all come on, y'all still don't get it. The, the, the enemy we often refer to as the devil because an enemy is, is the person who often pulls us away from the call and the relationship with God. Come on in here. Job met the enemy. God introduced the enemy to Job. Remember what happened when the devil showed up? He said to God, because Job is so wealthy, he has everything, money, people, land, he don't want for nothing. He said if you take it away from him, He'll curse you and die. That was the enemy's attack on Job. Cross over into the New Testament. The same enemy finds Jesus. And when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, Jesus is hungry. This time, the devil wants to offer Jesus what he took away from Job. He was telling the Lord, if you let me bless him with houses and land, He'll curse you and die. Y'all ain't got it yet. Because an enemy is someone who is always trying to take you away from building your relationship and answering your call to God. Y'all ain't got it yet. An enemy 
can be someone who hires you and pays you to stay away from God's house. Y'all ain't got it yet. An enemy is the one who plays a pickup game on Sunday morning when you should be picking up Jesus in his house. An enemy is your boo that keeps you out so late on Saturday night that you can't get up on Sunday morning. That's why you can be sleeping with your enemy. An enemy is somebody who keeps you away from God and you're calling it a blessing and it's a burden. But let me tell you something. You better know anything that takes you away from your relationship with God is a burden and not a blessing. But when you get back with God, he'll turn the burden back into a blessing. Preach well. Because y'all got some enemies that you call in friends and some friends that you, that you shouldn't make an enemy. When I look back, I saw them attack me. Some came with suffering, and some came with fake gifts, all to do the same thing, keep me away from God. That's an enemy. He said, and when I look back, if I had not been, <laughs> I would have I divorced God. He said, well... He said, then he went to a natural disaster. He said, um, he saw the flood, the tor torrents of the streams that should have washed him out. But if it had not been. These are disasters and storms are metaphorically used for trials and tribulations. You've heard it said, a little rain must fall on everyone's life. That's a storm. You have heard it preached, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or getting ready to go into a storm. That's the flood. Charles Tinley just raised the question in his storm. He says, when the storms of life, are raging. Stand by me. <laughs> Woo. We and the, these natural disasters are things that often you can't prepare for. They want to sneak up on you because the idea of the storms of life are often meant to wash out your resolve, to cleanse you of your faith. We just had two storms this weekend. Harvey came by and did his damage, but they say even when it finished, that he ain't finished yet. We pray for the people in town. The lives have already been lost, but the idea of the storm is to wash out some homes. And yet there was something interesting about the storm because they, they predicted that you can brace yourself. They could break, they could escape, they could run, they could board it up. They could do something to fight back. That, that, that storm is, is, is not what he's talking about. Then there was the other storm, number 45, decided that he would elevate the divide of his nation and show his racist face and 
hold on to his white people's base for 20 years. And he pardoned Arpaio, who broke the law. And nobody was prepared for that to happen then. That's the kind of storm I'm talking about. The one you were not prepared to receive. The, 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 the storm that you went to the doctors to get a checkup, and he gave you a report for a checkup. That's a storm. I'm talking about when you, when you save six months of your mortgage just in case, and you become unemployed for a whole year. That's a storm. I, 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 I'm talking about the kind of storm that you, you don't know that's coming that catches you off guard. You went to work expecting to have a job only to find out you ain't got no job no more. That's, that's a storm that, that, that can wash you out. You, you, you could be like that, that pastor, that, that first lady that, that thought her, her, her husband loved her only to announce on Sunday morning it's time for a divorce. That's, that's a storm that you're not ready and you're not prepared for. Anybody ever been to a storm where it tries to take out your resolve and you want to throw God in? because you can't understand why the flood waters are coming. You may not have that kind of, maybe you had a storm like Noah, one that you had to sail through. Maybe you had a storm like Abraham, you had to work through your storm. Maybe you had a storm like Moses, you had to study your way out of it. Maybe you had a storm like Naomi, she had to grieve her way out of it. Maybe you had a storm like Jeremiah, you had to weep your way out of it. But one thing I do know, as long as you sail, weep, cry, and keep working, then the storm won't overcome you. That's what he said. He said, it should have drowned me. It should have kept me at the dock. It should have made my eyes dry up from tears. But if it had not been for the Lord on my side, it would have drowned me, but he kept me. Preach well. Y'all can go dead on me today if you want. Then he looks back. He said, wait a minute. He said, now, and then I see. Where, 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 where I was supposed to be trapped like a bird in the father's snare. And let me tell you something. Folk will trap you. I know that. Y'all always doing it to me. So, so let me give you an example. Come and catch me after church. Ask me a question. And I say, yeah, it sounds good. And you go back to counsel and say, Pastor said, do it. I ain't say that. That's a trap. Then here come counsel chair, Pastor. And then I have to explain myself. And then he says, I didn't think you'd say that. I said, I know I didn't say that. But y'all trap me. Go back to trustee chair. Talking about Pastor said, Pastor ain't say that. A trap. So whenever somebody tell you, Pastor said, call me. Don't move no further. I don't care if you're in the meeting. Say, wait a minute, I got his number. Let me call and see what Pastor said because Pastor going to get on us if we do something. That I'm just trying to help y'all because he's trying to trap me. And you know it gets deep because guess what they do, Larry? They'll stand in my face and say, you know you said it. I was told, once you lie, just keep on lying. Don't, don't, don't let up off until you found really guilty. Don't y'all do that. But, but let, me tell you, let me tell you about the trap that really happened, that really, really happened. 
uh, uh, Minister Shorts and, and uh, Rev, Rev Mason took that, that excursion down south. I took that excursion. And we had to go across uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And um, I'll never forget this. Um, and my wife will tell you, when I go to conferences, I go to get what I want to get. I don't, I don't lollygag. Unless I bring a buddy or my wife with me, I don't talk to nobody. But I ain't, I ain't, I ain't anti. I just don't have nothing to share with you. I mean, I, I just, I'm just not, believe it or not, your pastor don't talk a lot. But if, but if they have a group setting, I, you know, I'm, I'm a group man. I'll get in the group. I'll laugh and joke with you. I, you know, I do the, the PR work, whatever. But for the most part, when they gave us free time, I ate by myself. I stayed in my room by myself. I did everything by myself. Only time I was with somebody, they made me come. So they, we, we had to take a tour of the Edmund Pettus Bridge. It's two stories. And on the bridge, if you've ever been across it, they got a sidewalk. And the sidewalk kind of small for even two people. And that's where Bloody Sunday took place in 1965, just in case you need that history. So we're walking across the bridge. I'm walking across with the group, but I'm walking by myself because ain't no time to talk across the bridge. You just walk in and listen. Y'all check that out. Get both sides. So I'm walking and looking. And all of a sudden, someone runs up behind me and grabs my arm. And it's one of the ladies in the group. Well, Russell, when she grabbed my arm, I stiffen up. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know you like this. This is what I talk. So I stiffen my arm up. I lean on the outside of the bridge to make sure you can hold me, but I ain't holding you. Now, 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 now see, you know, I'm talking about I'm scared. I really don't, don't, I don't know you like that, and you don't know my wife. That ain't happening. And, and so I'm caught between a crossfire because I'm also a Christian and you got somebody scared. So I kept the arm stiff and leaned away. I get home, unbeknowing to the reverend. They decide some lady from Jersey going to take pictures of the trip. And she going to send a whole bunch of pictures of our trip. My wife said, asked, can I look at them? I said, sure, I hadn't seen them. And lo and behold, while I'm walking, stiff arm and away, she takes a picture of me going across Edmund Pettus Bridge with some woman locked to me. So, so my wife is looking through the pictures, and in a minute she says, hey. She, 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 she said, she said, what's this? I looked over, and all I could hear is say, sometimes appearance is not as good as anything of doing it. I thought, oh, Lord Jesus. So she knew she had, had she thought she, she knew she had me nervous because I, I had the explanation. So I had to go through the story. The woman comes across the bridge. I'm all by myself. She snatched my arm, and, and she said she was scared, and, and I just stiffened up. I said, as a Christian man, she's scared. I think I'm supposed to at least give her something to hold on to. But look at me. And she starts laughing. And she says, I, she said, I just wanted to hear your explanation. She said, but I can see your arm is stiff. I can see you pulling away. She said, this is what I see, and I'm going I'm to I'm give you kudos for it. I see a woman trying to hold you, but you ain't trying to hold her. 
And you better thank God because if it had not been, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to tell you, that, that they would try to trap you. And, 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 but like a bird, the Lord allowed me to escape the snares of that trap that was trying to ruin my marriage, trying to break up my home. But the Lord allowed her to see that she was holding me, but I wasn't holding her. That was a true story. Whoo! She had me sweating though. <laughs> but, let, but let me tell you this, and I'm done. So he looks back. And 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 after he looks back, he, he, he's looking for the he's looking for the congregation to join him because I learned something about mannerism. And that's something that we lack. And in, in, in the next generation parents, listen to me, don't get mad at me. But y'all need to teach these children some manners. Now, now, now let me tell you the one that, that's cute but ain't cute. When I walk up to your children and I say hello, and they turn their head into your lap, uh-uh, you snatch their head around and you tell them to speak. Because what you're teaching them is how not to speak and how to get away with a mannerism. And then let me tell you something else I was taught. As a little boy, if the person in front of me is old enough to be my daddy or my mama, you put a handle on that name. I know what they tell you in the corporate world. You talking to your old ball, old man, old woman boss, and old enough to be your grandparent, you calling them by first name. That may be in the workplace. But when you get out, you get your mannerisms. I can't, it just bothers me when some young buck looks at some mature person and think they can call them by their first name. Who taught you that mess? Got to have some man, and you're trying to figure out why they dress like they dress. Well, you ain't pulling their pants up. Mannerisms is taught at home. Well, I snatched them children up. I come here, and let me tell you something. Take you real to uh, we, uh, Mr. Murphy and Mrs. Murphy. I'm older. We're older than them. And I could refer to him as Mr. Murphy. And I call her Mrs. Murphy. He said, call me Grover. She said, Therese, I can't do that. Because even though I'm older than you, they just sort of have a thing that says respect me. And I can't help myself. My professor, William B. McLean, I still call him Dr. McLean. I'm sitting at the table breaking bread. He says, call me Bobby. I say, yes, sir, Dr. McLean. Because I can't get away from mannerisms. So what am I trying to tell you? The psalmist looks back. He says, my enemy should have won, but he didn't. The flood should have drowned me, but it couldn't. And the enemy tried to trap me, but I got away. And when I think about what the Lord has done for me, if you got any mannerism, this is where you start saying, thank you, Lord. You may didn't do it on yesterday, but if the Lord has done anything for you, it's a time for you to go on and join the psalmist and say, if it had not been the Lord on our side, this is where you start saying, thank you, Lord. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way, put food in my cupboard and my belly. Thank you, Lord. And, I, and I, I'm done with you. And so... And so he looks back. Now watch what he does. It's an Oreo cookie. He says, if 
It had not been. And he's looking back. But then he gets to the end. Our help. He's looking in the rearview mirror. And he saw where the Lord brought him from. And he says, if it had not been, that's past. But you can't move forward looking back. When he gets to the end, he says, our help. Y'all should be shocked. He said, wait a minute. I got to drive a little further. And maybe I know there's another storm brewing. There's an enemy waiting for me. There's some traps that may be set. He says, if it had not been what the Lord did the last time, then I have problems. But then before he moves forward, he goes present. He says, I'll help. You know, there's some sermons you shouldn't have to preach no more. My mother, I saw her when I wrote this sermon. She would be in the car, Russell, and she'd get in the car, and she'd get a little seat, and, and she'd put it in reverse, and she'd back up, and she could see that it was coast was clear. But after she saw the coast was, coast was clear, right when she put it in drive, she positioned herself. She do it every time because she said, now that I've seen what the Lord has brought me through, I can go ahead and go forward now because if he brought me through it on yesterday, then I know he'll bring me through it on tomorrow. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Don't be scared to face your tomorrow. Because if the Lord brought you through yesterday, he'll be your help in the, in the drive ahead. If you don't believe me, that's what he told his disciples. After he climbed Golgotha's hill, after he was buried in the, in the tomb, after he got up early Sunday morning, he said, you don't have to worry about what's ahead because, lo, I'll be with you until the end of And the only ones that can really move forward are those who met him when they were back then. If you don't know him from yesterday, if you think you got here all by yourself, I can't help you, and he can't either. But you keep messing around with Jesus. He will find a way to drop us to our knees, give us a prayer life we never thought we'd pray. Because you keep messing around with the Lord. He ain't going to be like us. He said, I ain't going to keep blessing you and you never say thank you. I ain't going to keep blessing you and you keep denying me in public. At some point, every knee going to bow, every tongue will confess that if it had not been the Lord on our side, you don't have to do it today, but he will catch up with you. I can't stand is cute Christians. Ooh. Hey! Do me a favor, though. When you look back, don't stay there. You can't go nowhere looking back. 
Let, let everything behind you go now. Leave it behind. Let's move forward. I had my brother, my late brother Dean. We used to tease him. He never left 70s. He just lived in the 70s all his life. He kept growing older, but he still he still wearing them shirts with the wing come out of here. Had the open collar with his head coming out of his chest. Had the little thing bang, you know, bang in the back of your head. He he still had that same hair. I said, Dean, come on, baby. You got to come on up. You can't, can't keep. Got to get out of the 70s. Some, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Go in your house, you still got crushed velvet furniture. <laughs> End table still hooked to the couch. <laughs> Old lion rug down in front. He done stopped growling. <laughs> come on up. Come on up. Come up to the new world. <laughs> they got stores for that. Value City. Bob, they'll, they'll upgrade you for a little bit of money. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I done gone off the deep end. Let me get myself back in. Here I am. Good morning, church. How y'all doing? Y'all all right? But I'm sorry. Woo. Hey, that crushed velvet was somebody. <laughs> Baby, spit on it. You couldn't even get it off. It just become a. I'm sorry. You move the table, the whole couch come. Woo, I'm sorry. And the last thing, I'm really done. But what's the purpose of the bear? I hope I ain't talking about nobody's house today. If I did, I, I hope it helps you. <laughs> I know. Nathan took a good sermon and messed it up. Um, but I'm just trying to tell you, you can't stay back there. You got to, you got to move forward. If he brought you velvet and a line, he'll buy your table. Jesus. Stand on your feet. Let you know right now, anybody aspiring to be pastor, this ain't right. But I'm doing it, it ain't right. <laughs> it just ain't right. Shouldn't act like this. This is so unprofessional. <laughs> it only came in two colors, gold and brown. <laughs> okay. The doors of the church are open. <laughs> Help me escape. Give me your hand. Because the Lord has your heart. And, 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 and that's a joyful moment too. It really is more joyful than even the laughter you had now. I can't give you a better joy than to give you the invitation. That the Lord says, in spite of how crazy this morning got for me, my arms are still open to you. If there's one to come, come today. Come in the name of Jesus. Don't come in the name of the pastor. You know that's, not, that mean, that's definitely not good. Don't come in the name of the church. Come in the name of the one who has summoned you by his word and by his spirit. The doors of the church are open. Is there one today that would like to come? Is there one? The choir is saying the altar is open for prayer. And those of you who have prayer today, you maybe you're stuck in a place that you need to get up and out of, or stuck in a position in your life, and you want to move forward. You may want to just come and ask God to help you to not look back at what was, 
give you a vision to look ahead to what can be and what is to be. Maybe you, 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 you need a prayer because you know what it is. Somebody told you their business, not so that you could uh, uh, spread it, but that you would bring it to the altar this morning. This morning, Because prayer is not always about you. Prayer is sometimes and many times about the community and others. Some of the people that we talk about, we need to pray over. And so the altar is open. And so if you need to come, come and hold the neighbor, the hands of a neighbor to remind you that God is holding you.